Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening again to another episode. Did you know that every cell in your body consists of energy and that everything we eat, do and move and our environment impacts that? Ryan Carter will tell you how to impact that in a positive way. Please hit the subscribe button in Spotify or Apple Music. It massively helps me to invite more podcast guests. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon. I'm not sure if, if it's your afternoon, but it's uh, three o'clock in the afternoon over here, Ryan. Uh, very happy to uh, have you on another episode of the Ulrich Freitas show. Last time we spoke about health in general from your perspective, uh, which I found very informative for the listener. But what I took away from that conversation we had, and of course why I've been following you, is that you base so much out of light and energy. But that is still something I did not uh, where I was not able to deconstruct it completely for myself. So that's why I wanted to talk to you. So how are you? I'm good. Enjoying the light as we speak. It's seven, seven o'clock in the morning here in Nicaragua. I think our last conversation I was in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, you were. And so again, a different side of the world, but again, still applying the principles of light. I think in that conversation, I was actually getting light through the window. Yeah. But again, at the same time, it's, it's first principles. And I'm happy to go anywhere you want to go on this podcast. Perfect. Looking forward to it, definitely. How long have you been back in Nicaragua? Because I remember that you were in London for a few days, weeks, and then somewhere else, right? Yeah, so I went to London for the Health Optimization Summit. Mm -hmm. Then from there, I think I spent another two weeks in the UK. And then went to Paris, went to Rome via train, which was pretty cool. And then went back to Abu Dhabi to see some friends and family and then Barcelona, Madrid and then returned back to Nicaragua and been back since maybe July I think so like literally two and a half months two months wow but again this is the base so before heading out there or when I was in Abu Dhabi it was I returned back here for two three months so this is this is the base of Levite Ryan Carter sounds good I've never been there but it it feels like at least it looks good and it's also a very <laughs> free country, right? Well, I mean, every country's got their own ups and downs. And Nicaragua is part of like the Central American community of Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador. It's fairly different from Mexico or Costa Rica, but it's one of the poorest countries in, in Central America. Mm-hmm. And again, there's a bit of corruption here and there. <laughs> but again, the people... The, the the country itself is absolutely beautiful. It's not really exploited, and again, it's 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 just basically a place for health, and that's that's why I'm here. Space, greenery, the weather. Literally, it was like pouring down with rain five minutes ago, and now it's just like sunny. It's got abundance of food. It's fairly reasonable to live live here, basically. So it makes a good place for someone who who, who does what I do, who works online to live basically and thrive and that's what it's about and again i can live in the uk and do well but again like why would i want to do that so again i've got the freedom 
and maybe I haven't got the responsibilities as other people. So again, I'm going to express that with all the knowledge that I've installed. It'd be... I can imagine because, like you said, with the different uh, responsibilities, but when you traveled back to London and all over Europe and all that, how was, did you notice that in your health as well? Differences? Yeah, I mean, my, my health is fairly robust across the board, so I didn't really notice anything. But again, for my awareness of what I was picking up, it was just like there's a, a lot of <laughs> a tired, rundown people and again, you can put like diseases on top of that. But on a general viewpoint, like there's a lot of unhealthy, unhappy, tired people in the Western world. And sure, they get paid better. That they maybe live and have better conveniences than life in Nicaragua. But again, are they, ha are, are they happy? Are they living life, essentially? And again, that's a principle of like Levite, which basically stands for living life. So again, these people are not living life. I feel on the outside, obviously, I don't know them, so I'm just judging here right now, but I'm sure if you opened up their brain and dissected them and got them to a place of awareness, then they'd probably make out, yeah, that they're not really happy, they're, they're struggling. And again, that was in London mainly, and it was a big shock returning. But again, it's a shock and experience in every single place I go. So again, even like the countryside, I see it's like there's much more happier people there. And again, why? Well, again, there's much more open spaces. And obviously, like, you, you're taking this conversation indoors. Your visual field is actually reduced. That actually has a direct connection to, like, how you perceive the world. So, again, like, what I see is, like, yeah, I see my house here, but, like, I see greenery. There's abundance. I've got full spectrum, basically, visual fields just going off in the distance. And, again, that, that, that creates a, a sort of a state of abundance. And, again, ancestrally or evolutionary, we would have had that where now we're basically encapsulated inside our modern cities and we don't see abundance. So again, there's a, there's a connection there. But again, in the countryside, again, I feel happier there. There's a big difference. And then taking that to like Paris, to Rome. Again, I do think like those countries do have a stronger culture where they're more proud of their heritage and you do see that in their food. Where again, there's less probably like junk foods and fried chicken shops or kebab shops. And sure, obviously, there still is some. But again, they actually take pride in their national dishes and the cuisine. Again, that's very apparent in Italy, obviously, in Rome and Ro the Romans. And again, it was some amazing food there. But again, it's just that concrete jungle, which is problematic. And then Abu Dhabi is just like a whole other different level. Because again, I went there when it was like the prime of summer. And Again, it's just like unlivable, basically. The, the ancestors who would have lived in Abu Dhabi or UAE, they would have done some very strange things to offset that. And again, obviously, modern people don't do that. And again, that's probably why they have a large amount of their health issues across the whole of the Middle East, where it's issues of their metabolism, their diets, their health issues, fertility. And again, they, they plaster over it because they have got convenience. They have got more disposable income than most people but again they passed over it where really their health und underneath it is basically shambles and again that's on a mental and emotional uh, level as well and then obviously returning back here is just like wow uh, literally when when i stepped back in like nicaragua where, where we got collected from like the border from costa rica again it was like we we got back at like nine o'clock at night and like you could just see the sky and see the stars And I was in the back of um, a pickup truck 
And again, like just sitting there, just watching the starts. And again, like driving back, we we're at the south of Nicaragua. So again, we're around this lake called uh, Lake Nicaragua, which has this two volcanic islands on it, on the tepe. And again, there's just like this insane energetic field around here. Again, it's not perfect, but again, it's just so, it's just, it just feels so humble and aligned to be in this sort of environment. And again, maybe you experience it if you go to the countryside where your nervous system basically just can breathe and feel at ease without having to hear police sirens or again hear like your neighbors having a domestic argument or uh, what whatnot but again like all i hear is like cockles in the background a few noises of monkeys there's no air pollution with like airplanes going by uh, there's no camp because basically they just can't afford it here <laughs> and that's just just as how it is so again it, it was a good experience the whole travel it was good to see friends again that I haven't seen in a while. It was good to see some family. And again, I went with my girlfriend from Nicaragua. And for her, it was the first time leaving the country. It's the first time of her going on a plane to see other cultures. And again, I, I think for her, I view it's like amazing to see. For me, it's nothing. But for her, it's like a whole experience because again, she's the first person in her family tree to, to actually leave her country basically and, and go abroad. Because again, it's so difficult for them to actually leave the country because they, they need visas to actually go to Costa Rica or they need visas to go to Mexico, which again are the only countries where you can go to Europe from. And again, there's other ways around it, but again, you still need a visa. And again, for them to, to have a visa, to go to the capital to apply for a visa, it's very difficult. So again, it was an amazing experience to watch someone else in that sort of culture and see how they responded to it as well. And again, they were like homesick, I would say, after like, after Rome, it was just like, it was more than enough. They're ready to go back into their little Nicaragua state of living. But again, that's, that's just basically their, their, their stress response to that sort of environment. And again, obviously, if you're exposed to that, you can handle some train noises. You can handle the proximity of people right up in your face, breathing on you. If you're not used to that, it's overwhelming. So again, her stress response from that was just a bit too much. But again, she, she enjoyed the, the, the different cultures, the different foods, seeing different people. Again, the Middle East was a big experience for her just to see something like that. Because again, it's very like film, uh, like the movies, basically. It's very far-fetched to, to see the thing here. <laughs> it's just like a whole different world. But again, I, I don't wish to go back to Europe anytime soon. Well, looking at your background, I can completely imagine that you uh, do not want to trade any scenery with that. And what you say about looking at the stars and, and the, the surrounding that is so completely different, is it, it's not something that, you know, when people go on holiday, it's like, oh, it felt so different hanging out out there. It, it actually has impact on your body, right? Being, being there and, and the when you talk about that different perspective i always become very self-aware when i'm podcasting with you <laughs> because i notice all the lights that's on me and that i am inside and you are always sitting outside with the with the sun i, I mean I, I mean on on that point i think that's a big principle that again I, i'm not ignorant of knowing that so again it's just like obviously i know i live a completely different life to most, most people and again, I don't think that this is obviously hard to like go from Europe to where I am right now. But again, this actually changes your metabolism and physiology massively. 
And again, this is where you go into like the nutritionist or nutrition diet camps with like, okay, cool, the animal-based diet is the way forward or low or paleo or vegan. But again, the majority of the time, again, just removing the, the junk food for most people is going to be enough. And But what you don't see is that typically these gurus or influencers, maybe you could throw me in that back bracket as well, that they live a different life to most people. So again, let's look at the example of like Ben Greenfield, Paul Saladino, maybe Dave Asprey, Mark Sisson. These people live in a bubble, basically. And again, that's not to uh, be critical of them. But again, they, they live in a bubble that most people can't really attain or have. Again, they got properties like this where there's no next door neighbors there's no power grid inflicting on them they got abundance and and maybe got financial freedom as well so again i i don't have that yet but like they probably got business companies that again gives them constant stream of income and again they don't need to sweat or stress over what most people stress over because again they live in this sort of bubble and again that has a knock-on effect with your physiology because again, if you're constantly thinking, okay, shit, I've got this communication bill to pay, or I've got my gas, my water bill to pay, or my, my daughter needs to go to university, how am I going to afford that? Like, again, these are real life problems. But again, it's easy to get caught up and see, okay, this person from Costa Rica is just purely saying, okay, eating animal based and fruit is the way forward. It's got nothing to do with those other bits and pieces below the surface, which again, it does. But again, I'm not ignorant of that. And again, that's the difference of like when I'm speaking one-to-one -one with clients, it, that's coming into sort of the language, the methodology of how we work clinically together. Because again, I need to know where they're at, how that is affecting. And then we put things in place. Or again, maybe we put a plan in place of where they can go away on like a sort of autumn, winter holiday. Or again, maybe they think about these things where they decide to move to the countryside. So again, that that is the real change into your biology. And again, yeah, it can diet, nutrition can be very powerful. It can have a role in things. But again, it's basically the raw ingredients, a bit like a recipe. It's the raw ingredients. How that recipe gets created is dependent on the chef, basically, or the cook or the method or how well the instructions were shared or communicated. That's affected via your environment, basically. That's the concept of light, water, and magnetism. And again, nutrition actually falls into that light, water, magnetism concept as well. But again, that's the concept of how this, these ingredients get transformed to the actual end product or the experience, essentially. That, that's what it's about. And again, a nutritionist only gets taught about the raw ingredients. They don't get too much taught about how that actual recipe gets formulated how the magic happens basically and again it's very delicate again like we can see in modern science like the influence of artificial light at night time the influence of abundance of non-native emf around you the influence of dirty electricity the influence of like lead exposure antibiotic use all these sort of scenarios they, they inflict change and they're going to influence what's being expressed or translated or how receptors are working or enzyme kinetics are working but again, it it's, it's might sound difficult, but that's not the most important thing. And again, the most important thing in the human body fundamentally comes down to like how water works. And again, the water concept will be working on how hydrogen is working and oxygen, basically. And again, like we know, without oxygen, the human body can't really survive that long. So again, that, that's having a role with, with energy production 
the food that we're sort of breaking down because again they all have these sort of unique hydrogen bonds in them and again that would be related to sort of carbon dioxide carbon that would be related to like sort of the carbohydrates and within it there's oxygen in it as well but again that's how we break things down but again it's sort of like the binary code and again we also make water within our metabolism so again we reverse what how plants do their job we do the opposite we we utilize the oxygen sorry we 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 excel the carbon dioxide and again the plants utilize carbon dioxide we need oxygen but plants excel oxygen so again it's sort of a synergistic relationship that we have but again it's basically these concepts are being recycled and shared between humans and plants and it's very delicate the carbons, the carbon chains, the type of hydrogen in these carbon, the isotopes of these hydrogen, these all matter on the smallest scale, on the sort of quantum biophysics level of entanglement, of tunneling. And again, that's really where our metabolism, and again, what we measure or what most people measure in the blood doesn't really go to that level. They're looking at sort of the organ tissue level. And again, there has some time and place for that of detecting diseases and functions of certain organs. But again, where we can go deeper is looking at the metabolomics. So again, this is like metabolites of our metabolism. This is actually what's happening right now and how the environment is interacting what's being expressed. But again, that still doesn't go down to the level of like how quantum physics or quantum biology really works. But again, that, that's likely going to be coming. And that'll be looking at light emission from certain things. That'll be looking at things like deuterium levels. Well, when you I are think, talking yeah, about those processes, yeah, yeah, you, you talk about energy absorption, energy processing, and energy releasing. And, and that process, and I think that on a practical level, that's, that's something I would like to uh, uh, discuss with you. Is that possible to describe that in a practical way how can we look at our own body our own environment yeah and uh, start with the yeah. absorption okay so so again like you probably are aware and the listeners are aware that our body is largely made from water and again if you think about a lake or i don't know maybe if you've got like a glass of water and you pull it outside in the sunlight what happens to the temperature of that water it increases it's absorbing the light energy because in that water there's electrons, basically, and electrons only interact with photons. So they become excited. Now it's actually changing the thermal regulation of the water. But again, that's absorbing energy, the EMF energy from the sun. And again, our bodies, like we just said, are made and composed of water. We produce water inside our cell. We have buckets, literally buckets of water inside our cell. And they are, again, absorbing our environment around it okay so so that's the concept of like absorption but on top of that we also have certain molecules which we could describe as chromophores or semiconductors which also interact with sort of emf spectrum from the sun or from the earth basically which is again a big big electrical ball essentially so again like you're very aware of this or maybe most people are aware of this concept called grounding where basically you take your shoes off and anything insulated, no, non-insulating, and you basically plug in to the earth on a natural material or even in the sea. Well, basically, you're just conducting electricity there. So again, we have sweat glands, which again, secrete sodium chloride as an example. And again, that is enhancing 
the grounding effect, basically. And again, what happens is also we can apply when when there's like thunderstorms, you go out in water, you're going to get that electric, you might get electric shock from that, or you might get electrocuted from that. But again, if we understand that, you could also apply that if you put your feet in a bit of water and then ground, you're actually going to get more grounding effects coming in through your body. Because again, you're just enhancing how electricity works from one place to the other, basically. And again, we have other things such as cholesterol, which everyone's very familiar with. So again, we transform cholesterol into actual, a sort of physical, another, another property. We could transform that into like vitamin D. We can influence hormone signaling, basically. We can excite aromatic amino acids. We can influence things such as tyrosine and influence its pathway and its metabolism to, to the levels of like thyroid hormones, to dopamine, to noradrenaline, also to creating melanin, so the pigment on our skin. Like that's the role of tyrosine, just this one amino acid. And again, for me personally, that's where like all these sort of high protein centric diets, which again, a vegan diet can also improve your protein content. Because again, it makes you focus more on protein because that's a bit of a misnomer when you go on a vegan diet. So again, there's more emphasis on protein when you're a vegan. But again, what, what most of these things happen is they improve your content of your amino acids. And again, that could be phenylalanine, that could be tyrosine, that could be tryptophan. And again, these all have powerful roles on neurotransmitters. So again, things like glutamate, glutamine, that would be a powerful role of forming glutamate or that could go on to make GABA, gabaic acid, or, or it could be related to producing serotonin, or it could be related to producing dopamine. And again, this is all happening from the interaction under the influence of light, basically. So again, these amino acids would be in your eyes, they would be on your skin, they'll be inside your gut lining, basically. And again, the environment would be interacting with these proteins and again, they become entangled or excited. And then with that, that's basically how the body operates. Like I said, that's the raw ingredients of eating protein or animals or plants with protein in. But again, how that recipe formulates or is influenced, it's from the interaction of the environment, basically. And again, like we know, in the winter where you are, that's where there's more seasonal affective disorder. And again, that's the influence of the environment interacting with your proteins or your, those molecules. Or again, there's a decrease in vitamin D synthesis because again, cholesterol is not being sort of sulfated or isomerized by the powers of sunlight, basically. But again, like those things are not pathophysiological. They're not, they're not problems. Again, like people are like, oh my God, vitamin D goes in the winter in Europe. I'm like, no, no shit, Sherlock. Like that's just how it happens. It's not. A disease it's not a problem you don't need to do anything about it i'm from europe our ancestors survived very well without vitamin d all year round again it's the problem of believing and being manipulated via like the government or via supplement companies where you think you need to have supplements or vitamin d all the time you don't basically it's not how it works and again, seasonal affective disorder is literally just this made up. I, again, it, it is, it manifests and it is a problem. There's no denying that. But again, it's only a modern dilemma because again, we believe in sort of homeostasis all year round where we should be balanced. We should be balanced foods of macronutrients. And that's just dribble as well. 
So again, there is ups and downs with our metabolism. Again, there's a great researcher called, I've forgotten his name, but again, it's called the Cell Danger Response, or this is like the title of the work, Robert Navrex, I forget, his his name's a bit of a tongue tie. But again, he's he's a researcher in the Cell Danger Response, and it actually looks at there's a winter and summer metabolism, meaning that purines, DNA, RNA, these amino acids we just discussed, metabolites that were just shared, which we can measure in blood testing. I'm sorry, in a, like amino, organic acid testing. There's, there's, there's changes within the season based on the interaction of light, water, and magnetism, basically. But again, it doesn't mean it's bad. It's the modern environment which basically rocks the boat. Because again, it's, it's fairly normal, normal in Scandinavian countries to, to get a bit depressed, to get a bit low. To feel, to feel the blues, essentially. It doesn't make it a problem. The other side of the coin is, in the summer, you should be on top of the world. You, you, you feel amazing. But again, this is the connection where, where, where you are on this planet it has a role with how you're actually feeling and what, you sh- what should really be going on within your physiology. And again, we are very uniquely different based on our history, based on our maternal health, our grandmother health, experiences, how we perceive things, but again, that there is some truth that that there should be some discrepancy there. But again, when you're around like the belt of the tropics, like in Nicaragua or even like the Far East or North Africa, Caribbean, like again, th- there's no drastic change there. The light period, meaning sunset and sunrise, is usually the same all year round. The only context is it's a wet season or a dry season. So again, you don't see disturbances too much with mental health around this, around here. But the issue is, is most people don't live how I live here. But again, they're still inflicted with Western world, with the invention of the light bulb, with the invention of like Apple, te- social media. They're still inflicted with this issue. So again, now we've got the context on top of that, of that's actually more difficult to really understand on a personal level where again we would think that these people in the tropics would have good vitamin d status that they have good nitric oxide production that they'd be lean that they would eat like more fruit and vegetables well no that's not a given again eating fruit and vegetables here in nicaragua is a luxury it's it's far cheaper to buy corn rice or make gaia pinto which is like rice and beans, or even eat junk food, or, or even like Coca-Cola is probably cheaper than buying water here, mineral water. That, again, that's, that's what you don't see. And again, they're inflicted with the same issues as people in London or people in, in Amsterdam or, or in Barcelona. They're, they're around technology all the time. And again, this, this disrupts the essence of their physiology. And again, this is why they have obesity problems here. This is why the, the young girls here get their menstruation at like age 11 and they got breasts growing at like nine. Again, that's not normal. But again, if you understand it, you understand that how transgenerational uh, effects in grandmother and mum are passed down. Again, the apple doesn't drop far from the tree. So again, if mum was using a lot of plastics, which they typically use here, because again, they can't afford the luxury of stainless steel. They can't afford the luxury of good quality plastics, which might might be a little bit better. They literally put their hot liquids in styrene uh, cups 
or like literally like plastic lunch bags. I'm not too sure if you remember, like when you went to school, you had like a sandwich bag. Literally just put all their liquids in these. They wrap it up and then they go or they make like it's just it's just like hot food would be put in those things as well. Oh, wow. But they don't understand this because, again, there's a poverty gap. And again, there's an educational gap. Uh, and again, it's it's actually like it's like feet to like our health. How like how much shit that basically we can take, and we're still standing strong. And again, that will be applied in the Western world as well, where like you look out the window, you'll be like, oh my god, how that how's that person actually feeling okay when they're basically doing everything under the sun, which is like bad for them that you hear. So again, it's like the human body is amazing, and we can take a lot of crap. Again, it adds up and he adds up basically in our st- in our germline, which basically gets passed on. And again, it just basically makes us more fragile and weaker, basically. And again, that's when we run into problems where we think that the sun is the problem, when in fact it's literally our biology which is the problem. Again, no other wild animal has a problem with the sun. It's only humans that have a problem with the sun. And like we know, we need the sun. Again, we don't need too much of it if we're healthy. And again, the healthier you are, the less sun you actually need, the less skin in the game you actually need, because again, you've got more charge, you're absorbing more in your body. So again, you can go without eating food, you can go without sunlight even more. That's what basically I said and described at the start of the show, which is like, I didn't actually feel bad effects from being in Europe around all the EMF and everything else, and even like circadian disruption. I didn't feel that much because, again, I've got so much charge in, um, in my body that I've got it at my disposal to, to, to deal with stresses, to deal with problems. But again, most people don't. Most people are operating on a flat battery. And again, that shows up as like fatigue, are hungry over time, glucose dysregulation, sleep problems. Because uh, again, you can't sleep well if you don't make energy. No. Because again, that's connected to adenosine. And again, we make and build up adenosine from producing energy within the cell. So again, yeah. people with sleep issues basically just don't have energy. Yeah, the, the, to me, when you explain it like this, it's it seems so logical. But the underlying principle of all of you've been preaching about uh, in this podcast and in the, the past couple of years is that everything you do, everything you are, exists in relationship to your environment, to everything you eat. So. And and that understanding. Well, again, it's ever it's, it's it's everything that you think. It's everything that you're processing. It's everything that you're perceiving. Because again, it's just like I, I'm perceiving that sun right here. But again, that would be very different if you were next door to me. It's completely different. No, no, no things the same. Again, uh, how I processed that sun yesterday is absolutely different as well. The sun today is different to how it was yesterday. In actual fact, the sun's got bigger. It's probably emitting more light. Again, because the sun, the sun works on like a time scale as well. Mm-hmm. It is burning. It's 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 got a lifespan. And again, I probably lost some health of my mitochondria on a sort of a, a large large level every single day. Again, that aging is basically the accumulation of poor efficiency within our mitochondria, basically. So again, like I need to apply principles. And again, it's very different. Just again, another thing that people think is. Just because you're in the sun, you're making vitamin D. Again, like obviously UVB. So the UVB is there. You, you're in the sun and you're making vitamin D because you got your skin out. Well, again, no, it doesn't work like that. There's contexts on top of that. Again, like how hydrated are your skin cells? 
how much sulfur do you have within your within your skin cells as well how well is your liver and kidney working what's the vitamin d receptor like and again the point of being in a sunlight with vitamin d is not literally to build your storage levels up it's actually to influence on the genome level to do the vitamin d receptor that's the whole point of having vitamin d there and using it it's not there to okay cool i've got 150 milligrams in my blood measured and that, that's great okay well great what does that mean what does that mean to you? You can still have high vitamin D levels and be trashed because again, you could be supplementing your way there. And like we know, it's like having a personal trainer doing the workout for you. It's not the same thing because again, that's the magic. It's the recipe. It's skin in the game. Everything is sort of formulated and sort of condensed with how everything is working within like your mitochondria, within your genome, within your microbiome, within your environment. Because again, it's all sort of connected. Yeah, and exactly what you're saying is what what I like from that is that they often say that people are disconnected from nature, right? Modern people are disconnected from nature. I feel like when people eat a burger or when they eat something in general or when they are are, are outside within the sun, I feel like they think that it is separate from them. But that understanding that connection is always there whether you eat it or whether you consume it outside or your environment i think that that knowledge is a bit lost in in society right do you agree with that yeah 100 percent. i mean i mean even the choice of eating that burger would be a reflection of your health essentially on, on multiple layers and levels Again, that would be influenced on so many, so many different things. And again, that's the thing with like obesity. Obesity is a very complex disease with multiple factors. It's not simply okay, you're just lazy and and you eat too much. No, it's like it's 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 so complex on multiple layers. And again, to reverse it, it's like very hard. It, it's a, it's a basically you're literally changing your inside and out and how you're perceiving everything around you to change obesity. And sure, yeah. You can control it and become like a psychopath and what they do in studies, but go and live in a me metabolic ward and inflict like a, a hard fat loss regime. But again, what happens when you come out in the real world? Well, the real world is an open system where, again, there's multiple variables and perceptions of things. And again, that can change. For example, someone could be like a bit timid or they could be fairly, fairly weak in character. I say like on a general level and again like someone could just say a nasty comment to them or maybe their boss was a bit harsh with them and again that comment can literally just trigger them to go to mcdonald's and eat that burger and again it doesn't make them a bad person it is it's and again like at, at the end of the day works, sure right? yeah but at the day, like mcdonald's is not again like it depends on like kind of level you are because again like for someone with energy so someone who doesn't eat enough Again, the body doesn't, the body will still process that McDonald's. It still extracts some energy out of someone, something. So, saying a starving person from around here who doesn't eat that much, who's fairly skinny and basically malnourished, again, that McDonald's would actually be like a big deal for them because, again, the body still needs energy. Again, that energy found in that would still enhance their defects that they have. And sure, yeah, it's nutrient depleted. It's not the best food going and there's problems with it. But on their level, that would be actually a good thing. It wouldn't be a problem. But again, for the most part, it's mainly in the Western world where there's, again, energy excess and, again, the inefficiency of utilizing that energy 
And again, that's the defect of one of the problems with obesity or, he- or of health issues. And again, that's associated with things such as cancer. Again, being obese is, is a problem to multiple, multiple diseases. But again, it's just understanding obesity. Being fat is not really a problem. And again, one in three people who are fat are actually relatively healthy. So again, it's actually understanding the context of the half of okay, because again, we know linoleic acid or the, these rich omega sixes, which everyone bashes around, again, is is associated with problems. But again, if you've got a large amount of omega threes built up within like your adipocytes, then again, it's it's relatively healthy to a certain degree. If your mechanism is working very well, again, being a bit on the fluffy side when you get older is actually protective. Your actual body, your body, how your muscles work, actually downregulate the IGF-1 receptor within your muscles when you get older. So again, building muscles is important when you're younger. But again, when you get older, it's not really much of a concern per se. Again, like different times of our health span or our lifespan, our metabolism actually sort of changes. And again, it's natural. And again, think about how a baby grows and develops outside of just when it's born it, it's it's insane the amount of energy it sort of consumes and the growth and its development it's unbelievable when you actually understand that how a baby's born how it's in the womb how it's at this unique size of going out the birth canal and then how it uses milk as a means of a connection to mum and a fuel source of how it develops its nervous system and its brain it's literally insane and again mum's nutrition has a big role in that and of course, if mom's eating McDonald's, again, it's not going to have the ingredients needed to shape and, and to bring like the best of our human experience basically for that child. Because again, we know like breast milk has large amounts of DHA, iodine, vitamin A. Again, it's at the first milk, it's going to provide you basically with like the prebiotics to establish sort of the microbiome. And again, it's key. It's basically like protein, fat, carbs. It's this big macro macro food, basically, all for growth. Again, this is where the context of like, okay, people now advocating like milk as being the superfood. Again, like, is milk a great product to consume? I don't think there's a problem with it here and there in little bits. But again, I don't think it should be celebrated and championed like it's the best thing ever. Because again, if you understand the principles of milk, it's all to do with growth. And again, when you surpass sort of like 25, 26 years of age, you don't really want those signals all the time to be on, basically. Now, again, you want some, but again, that, that, that delicate balance of how lifespan works is that you don't want about signaling all the time. And again, that's where you get some sort of half-truths from people like David Sinclair or like longevity people, because again, there is some truth with like mTOR pathways. So again, that will be like stimulated by methionine, essentially. So again, it's understanding these principles and realizing that, again, like when we consume that milk, again, that might be a bit of a problem. Again, it would be more applied that using fermented milk or, or milk products would probably be more useful than pure just like milk from another animal. Because again, it's there's nutrition in there, but there's actually information embedded in that. Because again, that milk from that cow is all for the baby. It's not really truly for human consumption at the end of the day. But again, like I said, someone who needs basic energy or who's really at a disadvantage, any food's going to be good for them or how, anything how, might how be better. How do I explore that by myself? Because when I think about seasonal food like vegetables or or certain oils, for example, I can I can find a way with reason. 
But when I have to think about milk in earlier stages of my life or, or milk at the later stage in my life, how do I explore that, that that is not as beneficial as it was five years ago? Yeah, I mean, so again, hunter, hunter-gatherers, again, they would have likely used milk but again they would have had to domesticated an animal to achieve that basically so again that is on the fringes of paleo neolithic time time frames Mm -hmm. so again with that domestication of like goats cows basically that that would have been an advantage but again it's like was that actually the first stage of how humans sort of de-evolutionized and went backwards basically Again, but again, there's benefits evolved with that. That would mm-hmm. be, again, food on demand, a food, a solid food supply. And that would allow development of the community that would have nourished people where there would have been maybe starvations or, or issues with food supply chains. So again, there's, there's, there's silver lining there. But again, I, I don't think there should be any fear around any type of food. Basically, that's actually derived from like a single plant or a single animal with with common sense but again even like the milk would have a seasonal effect but again even with the pinch of salt within modern times like milk or dairy is a very manufactured processed commodity and again like the dairy council again has got conflicts in science no doubt about it again they pay for certain studies but again that's part and parcel of of industry it doesn't mean that everything that they produce is relatively bad or it's conflicted or a problem it just means that you just have to take something with a pinch of salt because again they're only giving you the money to show something and more likely it's going to show some positive but again for someone to show you okay the the real context of what we're sort of of discussing here on a science or a modern science research paper or review of it is not really going to happen because again it's not going to profiteer someone but again, with that, I would say, yeah, there's probably more context of consuming milk alongside like where milk production's greater or greatest. Because again, I don't think it should be influenced by like forced production. So again, that would be, again, you'd probably see the changing context within milk, within butter, with the color of the beta carotene occurring in the summer. And again, on sort of like human fat or lipid metabolism, again, I would probably say that like butter would be sort of like a summer autumn food more so opposed to in the winter and again that would be sort of a change within the fatty acids that you probably see in that product because again it's a bit like you know with carbohydrates with fruit and vegetables there's a seasonal premise of them well again it's actually the same thing with fats again saturated fats polyunsaturated fats monounsaturated fats again these specific chains within that again they vary between seasons as well and again, the human lipid content varies within season as well. So again, you again that would be things like LDL and HDL, they're lipoproteins. They're not really associated too much with this, but again, they change. Again, there's ups and peaks with these. It's the same thing within the animal. There'd likely be more saturated fat in the summer per se than in the winter. And again, like squirrels. Squirrels would have this premise of like hibernation and getting fat for the winter humans depending where you are background they would have this sort of same concept going on as well so would you say less or more fat during winter i thought it was for for this this region in europe (laughs) so so again ideally you'd be using your own body fat that that's just how it works 
Okay. okay. So again, a ketogenic diet or a low carb diet doesn't, or a high fat diet doesn't actually mean you need to add excess fat into the body. Again, it should be actually utilizing your own body fat more so, or again, on a ratio, I don't know of the exact ratio, 70, 30% that you're using your own body fat. Again, that's what we actually probably want clinically because like I said, there's like a fluff should be coming at the end of summer because again, there's abundance of food from proteins, fats, and carbs. And you got the reinforced light signal to actually enhance more growth pathways and more disruption of circadian rhythm with sleep. Because again, your, your light period in Amsterdam or Holland is likely prolonged in the summer. And again, that disrupts your sleep where you sleep less. And again, that basically ties into like poorer lipid metabolism or glucose metabolism to a certain degree where you're promoting a little bit of fatness. But again, it's like very small and partial. Okay. But again, that's the fluctuations that you have throughout your whole food and circadian biology. It's nothing's basically balanced. This concept of balance within the nutritional space is complete bogus because again they're not applying first principles circadian seasonal variation or even photosynthesis they're literally just searching for something again the only macro balanced food out there would be milk and avocados basically and even avocados they're not like what you probably have in the supermarkets again the avocados here have a season they're either like very they got a lot of water in and they just taste of water and they, and they call avocados here out which is basically like water or they're very like, like you would get in a supermarket. They're very like ripe and really meaty. But again, there's variations within these in the tropics with how these are grown. Again, food is never balanced. And again, it's just basically making it very easy for dietitians or the government where they actually haven't truly explored it. They just basically created their own, this food system self and again a, a fish a bird an insect it doesn't care what it eats it just needs to eat it doesn't care about its glucose response from a food <laughs> again and again this whole point about balancing your glucose is just a complete misnomer as well again if you think you need to dress your carbs again it's a clear indication that you're eating the wrong carbs at the wrong time of the day or wrong time of the year or out of the season that's the problem Again, you should, again, show me a monkey that thinks, oh my God, I'm eating a banana. Let me find some coconut oil to put over it to slow down <laughs> the glucose response from it. Or let me find some vinegar to, to have before I'm eating my banana. Again, it, it, it really doesn't work like that. But again, it doesn't mean that that's, that hasn't got any clinical context. It, it does. But again, it's understanding first principles where it's just complete misnomer. It just doesn't happen. Like, I think, again, like, you catch a, a wild boar here, like, you just fuck, you just eat it. You're not, and again, maybe you harvest it, maybe you process it, maybe you share it out, maybe you have a feast, maybe. But again, like, you wouldn't give it two shits about waiting for the best time of, time of day to eat it after you trained or X, Y, and Z. These are just basically concepts which, again, are just plucked or cherry-picked to a certain degree and then just, like, over emphasized and then people in different camps would just use that and support their theory without understanding what i just shared with you and again i'm in no dietary camps so i don't give a crap but again i do understand that humans human bodies 
we do require basic amino acids and fats and the carbs are the most variable one which probably don't even matter that much again like you know in the people in a carnival community do okay without eating carbohydrates so again it just makes you think about all these theories where it's about balance or you need carbohydrates and again you need to eat 300 grams of carbohydrates when you're sedentary as an adult it's just like it's just complete bogus again you're just being manipulated into this government and pulverized grain industries or supporting cereals and pasta and again it's sort of this backward step in terms of our evolution because again these foods do provide you with energy and again back then this would be like great but now we don't need that we don't have in the western world we don't have energy shortages we have energy insufficiency and again, that, that's it. It's basically fat is basically stored energy waiting to be used, waiting to be called into action. And if that's not the case, then it's not going to be there. But even then, you need your biology to be on point for actually to utilize the fat without causing an issue. Because again, losing fat induces sort of some stress and oxidative stress to your body. Processing fat causes lipid peroxidation. It's a bit like using glucose. When you use glucose, you cause oxidation as well. It's not a problem. But again, if you're healthy, it's not a problem. But again, if you're inflamed, circadian body's crap, you've got a lot of deuterium built up in your body from eating tropical fruits at the wrong time of year. You're not very well at depleting deuterium from your body. Again, this is going to run into problems where things such as DNA mutations or RNA, poor RNA expression, or how receptors are working are all going to sort of backfire. And that's where we basically come to modern diseases and lead down the line to sort of cancers as an example well when you when you speak about all that all, all about the whole process of consumption of energy whether it's fat carbs sunlight whatever the environment provides then we get to the next stage indeed which is of course connected to the first stage but the processing of energy like you said there's not a shortage in energy but there's an energy insufficiency so the processing is something that's not going right. Yeah, well, again, like the processing comes and starts within the brain based on circadian rhythm to instruct, okay, time of day of when to use things. Again, it's a bit like the analogy of applying it to an airport with the, the, the controller on the control tower, basically getting the timings of planes leaving and pl planes arriving. And then obviously that, controller connects down to like the people on the ground floor with how the planes are parked and then they're connected to like the luggage and then the people are connected to like looking after the passengers and then check in so again there's various steps along the way here of organization energy and organization or order are like fundamental and tied together where there's this linear basically so again when you're utilizing energy you basically have more order and organization there Again, if you're not ordered and organized, you're not going to be utilizing energy because, again, that's just going to be a misnomer and you're going to be inducing inflammation. So, again, like that has a big point, but again, it manifests as to how the brain deciphers that. And the brain deciphers that based on using fat, the influence of the environment basically hitting your fat, a few hormones underpinning that. And again, things like pH, temperature. And again, even on to a smaller scale of understanding hydrogen. And the differences between different hydrogens and how your cell and mitochondria actually process that. Because again, there's, there's different types of hydrogen out there in the world in different foods. Again, in the tropics, there'd be foods high in deuterium. Yeah, that's not a problem. 
in in that regard that again when you get away from the equator in the tropics there's less deuterium in the foods so again it has context here with how the environment basically reinforces how we utilize food and how it's grown in a seasonal photosynthetic process and again that's based on principles such as there's like three different types of plants out there c3 c4 and cap and based on this enzyme called rubisco and again like most nutritionists don't understand this but again, they're built around different temperatures and about the light environment with how to cool itself, basically. A bit like how humans use in their metabolism or mitochondria putting proteins. Okay. And again, this is where people like you and I release a massive amount of heat to keep ourselves warm. But again, this doesn't happen. This malfunctions within obese people where they can't burn that fat as heat energy, essentially. And that's why literally they're cold and hyperthyroid or clinical hyperthyroid states it's because they're unable to uncouple their metabolism basically and that's based on the principle principles of how leptin and even things such as like a transcription called pomc polypropoopiomelicortin hormone is working basically and again that interacts and is influenced via the power of light essentially on your biology and again there's a seasonal uh, a, a circadian standpoint with that so again, if that is broken, again, your metabolism is going to be shit and utilization of energy is going to be crap. And again, you'll just see the downstream people going around, okay, glucose is high, need to go on the walk after meal to reduce my triglycerides, blah, blah, blah. I need to eat a lot of fiber to offset the carbohydrates I'm eating. All these sort of tactics, which again, are very surface level if you understand the first principles. And again, obviously, if you understand the age, the micro, your health of your microbiome, your mobility, how your nervous system's working. This all comes into the picture. Again, physical activity, it all comes into the picture and what shapes sort of your metabolism, basically. I find it interesting that that process that you just described, when I look at myself or at friends, or well, let, let's take myself for an example. I don't want to throw anyone <laughs> under the bus. Yeah, um, let's talk about you. It can be <laughs> direct with you. Yeah. <laughs> I When I wake up, the first thing I do is, is go outside, take a walk, ground. I do the same at the end of the day. Um, I'll be at a couple of hours a day outside. I do not eat more than necessary. Uh, I try to eat local food. Um, I exercise. I can sum up all the the healthy things I do, but there's still, um, and I think a lot of friends and people around me can relate to that, there's still... I wouldn't say a problem, but but maybe we can call it a dysfunction because because I'm also not losing weight. This is also my journey. This for this podcast to to discover what is standing in the way of that energy processing, and how can one discover? I think it's valuable for for everybody, but how can one discover to improve that processing? That when when you took care of what what's coming in a little bit of course yeah. it's not optimal i live in the city center of amsterdam but if you if you took care of like, let's say 80 percent of what's coming in so the 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 absorption how can you work on the processing of the of the energy that is inside your body yeah i mean with, with the absorption again if you want to lose body fat again you want less absorption you want to utilize the fat on your body basically and again, you want to your advantage, potentially improve your muscle capacity as well. So again, you can encourage that with resistance training 
as again as a re a signal to your systemic body. But again, on the efficiency side of things of how to utilize that, again, there's there's things such as looking at the primordial way of the human body works, which is again on stress signals, or stress adaptation. So again, your brain is feeling very comfortable at its weight, basically. It's not allowing you to reduce it or offset it. Again, the brain needs to be safe and have good signals for allowing you to give up this, this energy storage. So there's some disconnection there with that signaling and how that's been processed. And again, that could be, like we said, cortisol into influencing that, where we know cortisol is not a problem. We need it. Cortisol is not a stress hormone. It just turns on when there's stress present. But again, it has direct effects of inhibiting how you're utilizing fats on, on body fat, but also how different sort of tissues in your body change its metabolism. So again, there's no systemic, okay, cool, I'm fat burning or I'm using glucose here. Again, every single tissue has a sort of different flux of its metabolism. So again, your adipose tissue is very different from your muscles. Your red blood cells is very different from your white blood cells. Your brain's very different from, from your liver. That they're all very delicate and they all have their own sort of fluxes. So it's never one like I'm using glucose or I'm fat burning here. No, even when you're like ketogenic, you're still disposing of glucose and producing lactate and everything else. It's just at a different ratio level, basically. And it'll be different in different tissues. Like, you know, red blood cells will just be using glucose, essentially. Because again, they don't have mitochondria to sort of beta oxidize, essentially. So again, there's, there's signals like the effect of the HPA axis, so the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. On top of that, you can look into the thyroid, essentially, and how cortisol influences sort of the expression of certain receptors or the rate of T4 to T3 conversion. Then obviously on that top layer, you've got like how the microbiome's working or how your liver, your gallbladder, and your pancreas, your digestive system's working to help you excrete out that fat, you obviously got your lungs, you got movement. That's how you excel carbon dioxide. Funny enough, that's like one of the means of actually losing body fat is you actually breathe it out. And again, like thyroid have a big role in, in shaping and influencing that concept of what I said with the uncoupling proteins. Again, around the fat cell, like the adipocyte, again, it has its own sort of metabolism as well. Within it, it's got immune cells. And again, like on a, on a tissue sort of level, immune cells or on a cerebral level immune cells would probably be like the third most demanding energy consuming process and again within that there's like different signals which would be influencing like macrophages and how they're going to let go or give up fat tissue how well are your mitochondria actually working do you have a healthy colony colony of my uh, mitochondria actually in a state of abundance or again is this sort of cell danger response on where they're not going to be working in your favor to utilize fat and again there could be nutritional insufficiencies there there could be a defect in acetyl-carnitine uh, so there could be a defect within your methylation which you might need more support on a basic level of consuming more folate or b12 or zinc influencing methionine reductase enzyme or Again, there could might need be some more support with glutathione from peroxidase to allow you to actually make water within your mitochondria and inside your cell. 
there could be some structure issues with how you're making collagen or or sulfated compounds like glycaminoglycans. And again, these would be like the scaffolding of your cell, but they're actually very pivotal within your adipocytes. Within your adipocytes, there's this sort of collagen network which holds them in place. Now, cells don't just like bubble and move around free flowing with, they're in basically like this web, like a spider web. And that's where your fascia, your collagen network comes into the picture. And again, typically these are all sort of salted compounds. And again, how well is your sulfation system working? But again, there's, there has to be some entry going in where you are eating less or you're being more efficient with your output to create a sort of defect. But at the same time, your brain essentially needs to be comfortable in doing so and giving up and feeling safe and abundant, basically. And again, like therapy at the right time can be a very good, good means of doing that. And again, it reinforces things as well. Um, but again, it's utilizing the environment as well. Like funny enough, like I don't actually eat that much food and I'm around like 97 kilos and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty strong. But again, I don't count anything, but I probably eat maybe like 1800 2200 calories a day if that again i don't count it so i'm just like eyeballing that but again like, it's pretty easy for me to not feel hungry and not need to eat a lot because why well again i've got so much charge in my body i don't need to eat a lot again i understand energy systems or bioenergetics it's not purely derived from food it's derived on like your semiconductors that charge it's derived on your your water networks within your body that holds this sort of charge for redox. It's hold on like how much you're grounding, how much your cells and water's picking up and influencing with photons to actually excite electrons within your body. So again, when you understand this, you realize that you actually don't need to eat that much food if you're really dialed in connected. And again, the issue like you know, is that you live in Amsterdam, which is one of the problems, which again is not a reason and an excuse. Hmm. It's just, it's harder. Yeah, it makes it definitely more difficult. And again, it just, yeah, 100%. And again, that's where you are going to get, and again, it's something I'm aware of. Like in when I was in Abu Dhabi, it's much more easier to eat more because again, you're outside less because it's just so hot to go outside. And again, you're insulted with all the artificial light and the EMF. Again, what does that do? Well, again, it, it's been shown to change glucose regulation in your body. It changes how the, the first principles of a cell works with water and, and these electrolyte systems or calcium, magnesium working and potassium. And again, that's changing the charge. So again, it's, it's just harder. But again, it's not impossible because again, I've got a client in the UK who's a personal trainer. He's lost 21 kilos since November last year. And again, he hasn't had to count anything. Impressive. He hasn't had to do excessive cardio. And again, he's relatively fit and healthy. He was just a little bit. And again, generally, when you improve optimal health, everything becomes easier. You don't need to become a psychopath and download calorie counting uh, apps. You allow your brain, your fat tissue, your immunity to work together and sense the inside and biology. biology? Uh, sorry, the inside and outside of the world. Sorry, let me start again. <laughs> when you become, when you get optimal health, basically it becomes easy you're basically working with your fat tissue your brain your immunity and they're picking up the 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 environmental they're picking up the signals on the inside and outside of your body are you still here so 
again, it's yeah, I'm still there. So mm-hmm. again, it, it, it again, it's just are you again? It's some like wise, wise ass calorie guys that are like are you really eating what you think you're eating, basically? So again, you could say I'm eating healthy, but again, you could be devouring ribeye steaks and bone marrow and dark chocolate and nut butters because they're healthy or are you eating caveman cookies as an example but again that's still energy dense it still has to go somewhere and again it's just being wise with your food choices being selective especially in the western world selected of what you, sh- you should be eating because again that's just going to hijack and and destroy what you shouldn't be eating basically so again uh, hunger and satiety are massive signals and again they're, they're basically at the brain level but again if you feel full and and like i can't put anything in the body i'm going to be sick like that again that might need to be flexed for you to combat junk food here there and everywhere basically so again someone eating like a large amount of eggs and steak in the morning again that person not wanting to eat again till like four o'clock in the afternoon and by that time they're home and they can prepare their dinner Again, that would be a great thing to be doing. And but again, it would be understanding that if someone's healthy enough to do that. But when when you start to gain more of that understanding, more of that knowledge which you just shared with us, you 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 have to know if that thyroid is working, if the adrenals are working, if the microbiome is in check. So how can we test that? How do we generally... Yeah, well... Yeah, so again, like standard thyroid testing would just be abysmal where it would just be looking at maybe T4 or total T4 or free T4 or maybe they throw in TSH in there as well, so thyroid-stimulating hormone as well. Again, maybe if you go to a bit more advanced practitioner, they might throw in free T3, there might be some thyroid antibodies in there. So again, you can actually have a better look of what's going around or what's going on. But again, you need to understand how feedback loops work and again, how cellular biology works to understand how to read that. So even that, that can actually give you a false premise of what's actually operational as well. So again, it's not actually uncovering enzymes. So that's a big problem. It's not uncovering transporters. So actually how we move things in out of the cell. So again, that's a big misnomer as well. So again, you can't purely just go from like looking at a blood test standpoint view of how your thyroid's working per se. Again, an old school trick would be looking at like your your body body temperature in the morning. That would be like a sort of gold standard way of looking at how your metabolism is working, basically. Should it be cold or warm? Well, again, it should. There's a seasonal. There's a, a a variation between the day, but again, it should be at a unique temperature in the morning. Uh, again, I, I actually personally don't use this that much, so it's not at the top of my tongue, but like 97.6, I believe, Fahrenheit. That's what it should be. Maybe I'm wrong, so don't, don't shoot me for that. <laughs> but it's around about that. Maybe it's like 96, 97. Uh, someone can, you can fact check me on that. But like, that'll be just indicating of what's going on with like the adrenals or how cortisol's working. Again, there's things like the, the adrenal stress index, which is looking at saliva standpoint. But again, even that is a bit more contextual because then you should really be getting like DHEA within that. Really should be looking at like metonin within that as well. But again, generally, you know, a practitioner, a clinician should know their signs of like sort of low cortisol activity. 
Now, again, if you measure cortisol in a blood test, it's going to be fairly sort of neutral and in range. It will be very abnormal on the autoimmune scale of it being high or low. So again, a saliva test actually shows you what's more active and free within the, within the, within the tissues and a better indicator. Plus, you'll be doing it four times in a day. So again, you could see what's going on there. But again, even there, there's been studies to show that a one-time adrenal saliva stress index test it is not adequate enough. You probably need to do five consecutive days of doing it. I think it was three or five or even seven consecutive days of doing it to actually get a true reflection and a fair chance of seeing what's really going on. Is that doable in, in just for just no. a regular citizen? Yeah, I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you've got the money to do so, sure. But again, most people, again, I personally don't, I wouldn't test most people for that. Again, I, I'm not a massive believer in like functional medicine testing all the time or, or from the get-go. What does that Because again, it's just pointless. So, yeah, I, I, so again, if a, a client comes to me and there's a number of issues and they got, fundamental things not working or they're not doing what would be the point of me testing them because again it wouldn't be a fair result it wouldn't be a fair indication it would just be a waste of money and me basically flexing my ego of using you as a starting point and then an end point when instead it would be like getting things in place and then potentially explore testing which are more specific of okay what do we need to look into now What's, what's your weakest link? Would it be looking at thyroid profile? And then we would actually have a healthier and more clear review of that test without the pitfalls. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm using AirPods. Or you know what? I'm not eating X, Y, or Z. Or you know what? Blah, blah, blah. So again, once we sort of empower, or once I empower them on, on, on the first principles and get them up to scratch with how the holobiome sort of works then again there's no point in testing everything basically because again like as a nutritionist what you are educated in you're educated in test companies and supplements educating you basically so again like you need to take this test here the supplements for that to correct that test issue then you retest afterwards it's like very bad practice and again it's conflict it's like conventional medicine basically in the functional medicine space again these tests are not cheap and again, I'm not a cheap practitioner either. So again, that's the value of working with me is in hindsight, you don't test as much and you likely save money in the long run. But again, that's the difference. That's the difference in truly being or having wisdom instead of being taught about protocols and how to think for yourself, basically, which again, not all functional medicine practitioners do. And I don't want to throw them underneath the bus because obviously they are a step in the right direction. But again, they're still obviously ignorant of what they don't know, basically, as well. It, it's such a difficult path when you start on, on such a journey, right? For a regular person who is mildly interested in health and maybe concerned with their own health, it, it is quite difficult, right, to keep everything in check. To keep everything in balance, maybe that's a better... Uh, well, well, again, it, here it's not. Where you are, it's more difficult, like we said. 
again, it's dependent on like what you're listening to. Are you listening to buy a hat Bob who's basically slandering everything and basically saying life is so toxic, it's not even healthy to breathe anymore. So again, if you're if you're facing those fears and being inflicted by that every single day, of course you're going to be thinking the worst. Now again, is is what does having that knowledge actually change? It's still going to be about cultivating optimal health at the end of the day because that's your best number one defense in the modern world. So cultivating and empowering yourself with how to build optimal health, how to charge yourself in a decentralized fashion is key. Again, it's a bit like listening to the government about money or about how to invest in with the money that you earn. It's like it's conflicted. It's it's a problem. It's it's just basically all tied together where you don't have any freedom. And health is and health is all about and your life should, in my opinion, should all be about freedom. Again, we're not zoo animals. We are human beings. And again, I think that should be applied with understanding your health in a sort of decentralized fashion where you should be able to think for yourself, where, again, we're not manipulated, we're not drenched in information galore, we're literally experiencing and being it because we got the awareness of understanding literally how life works. But again, it's not so, It's not what is educated in, in schools, it's not what's passed down now from parents, from family, which maybe once was back there, way back when about how to feed a family, about how to do harvesting, about how to ration food, about about how not to use like artificial light at night, to be going to bed at a reasonable hour, about being respectable to other people, about having looking at people in their eyes, essentially shaking hands with a firm grip. And again, even that, that's an energy exchange right there. Uh, and again, even when you're looking in someone's eye, you're basically looking at them straight down the brain level because again, it all goes straight and straight down to the brain from the retinal hypothalamic tract. So again, understanding these principles is the key because again, it, it doesn't change much. Again, the world's only going to get even worse. It's only going to get more polluted, more concentrated in the shit. It's still not going to change anything. Knowing more about it is not going to change it. Sure, if you've got the financial capacity and freedom to buy air purifiers, filters, and again, some simple things like swapping glass or plastic and stuff like that. Sure, there's definitely a great point and discussion there. And again, it definitely does help. But again, it still doesn't explain how energy and order fundamentally works within the human body. No, I, I agree. And I, I definitely learn each day again and again. And what helps me most from what you're saying as well is understanding the whole concept of energy and connecting with everything around you 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 also talk about energy release that was the third aspect of the whole process uh, what do you mean exactly by that the release again, sorry? the release of the energy okay so so when you release energy it's a bit okay <laughs> this is the cool part mm -hmm. so again like the sun like you know the sun actually has sort of like a nuclear reactor in it to do with helium and 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 hydrogen essentially and again, it produces photons. Same thing occurs within your mitochondria, basically. So again, we have like little stars, literally, or little suns in our mitochondria, which emit. And again, most people know that there's infrared light released inside the mitochondria. 
And again, this has a sort of hydrating, a charge effect in that water that you just produce from that reaction as well. So again, a free radical also produces light. It produces that EMF signal. And the EMF is just electromagnetic frequency or wavelength or on spectrum. So again, a free radical releases light. When you produce energy, you release light. So again, when you cut yourself, you're releasing light to basically wound heal. When you kiss someone, you're releasing light and that sort of associated connection. Again, smell, sweat. Again, it's an exchange on that EMF spectrum, basically. Sound. Again, humans release sound as well from our voices, from humming, from singing. That's, that's again, releasing energy out there into this open along. system. I try to sing to some reggaeton Spanish music, but not too, not too much. I mean, I talk a lot. So, so that, 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 that's my vocal flex right there. Really? But yeah, but again, it's just like, that's kind of interesting when you tie that back to like tribal people with singing and humming. And again, that's sort of like the advancement of human evolution with language, essentially, and communication. Communication is a means of organization, basically. So I mean, we've got energy there, but how can we express that? Oh, okay, we can express it through language, which now provides some order and organization. So again, it's an investment process, part and parcel of human physiology. Again, other animals have language, but they, again, it, for us, it's just sound, it's noise. Like birds chirping, I can hear my parrots just like, Nyeh. for me, it's just noise. But for them, it's actually uh, an exchange of, of communication. It's an exchange of information, basically. But again, so we, we release light. And again, that has a big role in signaling within the body. And again, it comes back to what we absorb. So again, we, we, we absorb light, but we also emit it as well. So again, people, you know, the, the phrase, oh, that person's got good energy or that person resonated with me very well. That person's got good karma or an aura about them. Basically, what you're describing is that person's interacting with you and you're in a sort of coherent domain with them. So you're entangled and you're picking up their frequency very well. And again, that sort of applies in, in, on, an, on an individual scale. So again, there's no rights or wrong with you vibing with someone or just where you're at, basically. But again, there's basically like this spectrum, this, this energy field around you. Again, of course, we can't visually see that. But again, on sort of the quantum level, it would. It would be around you. And again, it would be a bit like, how do dogs know or cats know? Maybe more so dogs. But when you're sad, again, they come up to you. And again, I think there was a, a guy who's got this book called, this is the problem when you read so much, you forget book titles. But again, let's, I think his guy, the name's called Jerry. It's about, like an, it's an energy book. He's an ophthalmologist from the US. But again, the book's basically about energy medicine. And he was making a point about how when people had cancer in certain parts of their body, that dogs would basically lay on that part of their tissue to basically give it energy basically so obviously the human body is releasing this sort of subtle energy or information out the dog is picking this up and then basically it's sensing it and it's basically giving it charge because again human when you touch someone you're basically a bit like grounding you're picking up their energy as well but animals do that so that's something unique and again it's also something like mosquitoes although it's a bit more complex and again, it can come down to certain levels, but again, they can probably sense light being released from our metabolism to know what person to really go for. But again, it could also be on top of that to do with like lactic acid within the sweat, 
spending their glucose on their sweat, all these sort of things. Because again, what they're after, they're after the blood. And again, that, that means that they're pretty sensing our blood, essentially. So we're emitting something from our blood, our charge, which they're picking up. And on top of that, within our blood, like it's typically gringos or, or Europeans that come to the tropics that get stung by mosquitoes. Well, why? Well, we have less melanin. We, we, we are probably emitting more light than local people because local people in this area would have more pigmentation, would have more melanin. So maybe they are actually or, or absorbing that light released in their blood better than white people because, again, we are white. And we basically um, absorb more light, but we'd also likely release more light in that response as well. Wow. It's a process, but it, it is so fascinating and I get so passionate about it that it's, if we just, quote unquote, just get more in touch with, with nature and the understanding of, of the energy transmission between cells but also between people between your environment then we would highly improve in our own health and also in our life in general is what i believe is what i take from your story i think this was already very valuable so we spoke about energy absorption energy processing and energy release is there anything else you would like to add to for the listener in a practical way that they can apply to that yeah so i mean when, when you're again you can't really measure energy in the human body but again you can measure your awareness your state of feeling you can measure how warm you feel you can you can you can gauge these things from self-awareness and self-awareness is like the first step and tool to really utilize if you really want to change and, and to see your change within your health. So again, applying some awareness. And again, it doesn't mean just outsource it to Aura Ring, Whoop Band to track HRV. No, because again, you're outsourcing this. You need to do it from an inside job perspective of really seeing how you're, you're, you're improving your health. And again, it takes a few minutes a day just to sit with yourself. And again, that could be any point. And just like reflecting and again with no judgment just seeing how you're doing and checking in with yourself basically i think that's a very key important concept and again especially when like as a male it's like very egotistical where we want to hide and shun responsibility or of, of 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 going within basically i think females probably got more emotional stability opposed to men but again i i, I do think it's, it's for both sexes for all people just to have a bit more self-awareness of when they're sort of trying to improve their energy because like i said it's very hard to actually measure energy on a quantitative sort of premise but again you should really know how you feel like i said throughout this whole podcast i feel phenomenal again i don't have a marker to prove that and again, I could just be full of bullshit myself, <laughs> but again, I, I, I think I know myself very, very well. And again, I, I, I don't really have that much of an ego, ego per se, especially when it comes to myself and feeling myself. And again, I've got nothing to prove or to lie or hide. But again, having that is, is a real valuable and decentralized way of understanding and knowing yourself and knowing your health better than any guru or practitioner like myself or influencer or doctor or ever title 
you knowing yourself and being connected to yourself is the most important asset. Otherwise, you're literally like going to be a sheep or disattached to you in this universe. I think that's a beautiful message to be more decentralized when it comes to your own health. And I think that mainly goes through getting more in touch with and feeling more in your body. There was also something I saw on social media. <laughs> you didn't want to spill all the juice, but there's something going on in your life. I mean, there's always something going on. But like I've, I've essentially formulated or created a, a food brand, which is called Oath Foods Co., Oath Foods Company. Essentially, it's, it's, it's a food product, so food first principle. Again, it's on the concept of making life easier for people in the modern world. And again, it's about encouraging a nose-to-tell culture for kids, for families, to support their, their growth and development, to support their immunity, and to basically ha have an ancestral paleo or paleo twist for their nutrition. So again, basically, it's instead of just having like a beef burger with preservatives in, again, what, we're, what we've created is a, a nose-to-tell spin on that burger or sausage. So again, we're using um, rigid sort of produce, adding value back into the environment, but also adding value to human health as well. So again, this product, this company is in the UK at the moment. And again, we're just still starting up by it. By it. So again, there's still a long way to go. But so it's early stages. But again, the, the, the feedback from what we're doing, and again, the product itself is literally amazing. So again, there shouldn't be a need of using desiccated freeze-dried organs basically from new zealand which have again a massive transportation and a logistic dilemma it's literally setting up a sort of local regenerative culture about respecting the animal and again encouraging the people to know where their food is coming from and again we hope to do that in schools we hope to do that and educate parents and incorporate it in, in, a, in, a, in a healthy and fun, tasteful way to nurture, essentially. So again, that, that's, that's exciting to come. I think it'll probably be like two months until we launch. And again, it will be directly within. So again, at this moment in time, not with supermarkets or anything like that. And again, that actually probably be a better step to be doing anyway, because again, we would be able to control for the packaging much better, transportation, and again, it would just be a, a very, like, ideally, like a carbon, carbon neutral company, basically, and maybe a net negative, essentially, if you're buying directly from us, opposed to using like a corporate, a corporate supermarket, which again, basically destroys you on all fronts, but again, has plastics that has shelf life stability issues. And again, it takes out the profit of adding value back in, basically, where again, we could keep the price perspective competitive as much as possible from that standpoint so again we can spread it around the whole country and and beyond in europe and different countries around the world because again the infrastructure should be fairly simply simple to replicate basically but again so that's that's exciting that's to come so again look out for like the all-in sort of burger because again this is actually food this is the issue that i find with organ supplements again it's taking you out of the experience Again, you're eating something that's freeze-dried from New Zealand that's been shipped. And again, these people don't disclose these air miles or anything like that. 
And again, they package it in glass. That glass has like, again, another weight for the transportation of these people recycling it, everything else. And again, is it really the same? Is it in the same matrix? Is it the same experience? No, again, you're taking a supplement and you're not really cherishing that experience. So again, humans need to eat. Humans need food. We don't need supplements per se. When you're eating, it's an experience. And again, that was the important message as well when I was like creating this. It's, it's an experience. And again, it should be around the table. They should be talking about the meat. They should be talking about the, where the foods come. They should be talking about why they're eating this, why there is a bit of tongue in the sausage. What does tongue have in it that's unique? And again, it's an experience to be shared and cultivated. So again, a supplement is literally just popping something in your mouth and forgetting about it. Where again, if you are investing in the food experience, it's having a long lasting, more powerful, energetic experience compared to a supplement. And again, it's not just discredit supplements or, or, or organ supplements. And again, it's likely better to have an organ supplement than, than not eat anything organ related. Again, the ideal thing would literally just be stop being a chicken and literally just eat some liver. But again, I think there's a means of like education and integration of using like a food product with a twist, basically. And again, everyone typically eats burgers and sausages or meatballs. Again, we're just providing a means of of making it a step up and an upgrade, basically. So that that's 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 what's happening. Oh, food. So again, if you sign up to a newsletter, um, which will be uh, shortly be putting out there that'll be entitling you to like first news to be like one of the first what's the word the vips basically Hmm. of getting like first dibs first offers first chance of future brand investment going in in the know basically so again sign up to a newsletter you can find it on our website which is just like ovu.com or .co.uk again it should be should be available very soon depending on when this podcast comes out so look out for it. We're also on social media, so you can check us out there as well. I think it's a concept that f- fits your your profession perfectly, and I hope and I'm sure that it will be very valuable for a lot of people. This podcast will air the 3rd of September. It's like the day after tomorrow. Okay, so that's fast. Very fast, yeah. I like to uh, put it out soon so that it is still fresh. But it sounds like a wonderful concept. And I cannot wait to see that evolve as well. Is there any last message you wanted to share? Even after one hour and 40 minutes, there there must be... A- I mean, what, what my bread and butter is, is, is health optimization medicine. So again, if you're interested in working together, just check out my website. And again, there's a complimentary discovery consultation. So again, if you're, if you're keen, if you're ready... If you looked at how I work, what's involved, then book a call. And again, we can discuss your obstacles, your needs, uh, what my thoughts would be about the process and the next steps forward in working together, basically, and decentralizing your health. But, but that, that's it. I hope, I hope you got some value after an hour and 42 minutes of me rambling on. But again, like, it's, it's really not that complicated, although maybe we touched upon here and there bioenergetics and a quantum level. It, again, it's not, it's not that difficult or the application is really not that difficult. But again, there's, there's loads of contexts involved and that's what sort of decentralized health optimization gives you. And again, it's about working for you and with you 
instead of being like egotistical or shoving a narrative in your brain that again you need to be paleo or you need to be vegan or it's this way or you need this test and this is the problem or it's literally just about methylation in your genes well no again like methylation ties into bioenergetics and again we won't go down that rabbit hole but again it's it's, it's all connected and a decentralized health optimization clinician like myself again I, i'm not a specialist in one part but again i i, I have a, a firm grip in multiple systems in how they connect and integrate and tying the pieces together clinically in the real world. And again, I don't think everyone lives like I live or should live like I live. It's about you. And that's the most important thing. And that's it. But thanks for having me. (laughs) And maybe uh, round three down the line. Oh, most definitely. You're a friend of the show. So uh, (laughs) we'll we'll redo it in the near future. I'm happy we just squeezed an extra message at the end of this podcast. <laughs> and I think we should do it again. I want to thank you for your time, Ryan. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And until next time, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Take care.